0: Two on the prowl, I am Matt Alquiza. I am joined today, as always, by Ian Black. Ian, how are you?
1: Doing well, brother. How you doing, man?
0: Not too bad. It's been a little bit of a layoff since our last podcast. That's because my internet has been out for two weeks, but we are back rolling over here um, and excited to continue working our way through the preseason. Uh, a little less than three weeks until first game of the year against Cleveland. Uh, some big Deshaun Watson news dropped today, and he will not be playing in that game in week one so Panthers do have a little bit of an easier uh, week one matchup playing against the Deshaunless Cleveland Browns so looking forward to that Um, Ian any uh, overarching thoughts from last weekend's preseason game just going to dive right into it here
1: Icky looked pretty solid in the run and looked pretty not solid against the pass in the snaps he played Uh, He was getting beat pretty easily in his past sets. Uh, Matt Corral wasn't given much of a fighting chance, but still looked awful even taking that into account. Uh, Man's a gamer, though. You could even see that in his play style. Uh, Other than that, a little flat. uh, Baker didn't light it up like I was hoping he would. He left the door open for another week to possible quarterback controversy, um, which as of today looks like it's still leaning in his favor, but... Uh, overall it felt like a very cool kind of (laughs) game, you know, like (laughs) no big deal.
0: Yeah. I I feel like it was just fine. Um, there was nothing that was incredibly exciting from either team. The Panthers moved the ball when Baker was in and then Darnold got the short field after the fumble and kudos to Darnold. The touchdown pass he threw was a very, very good looking touchdown pass, um, but yeah, like you said, kind of left the door open for another week of who's going to be starting in week one, but, uh, the report by Joe person on the athletic yesterday, I guess late last night, uh, makes it seem like it is going to be Baker's job week one, which is what everyone has kind of assumed the entire time. And the reason the Panthers traded a draft pick for Baker Mayfield was for him to start in week one. So looks like we're moving in that direction. Uh, Ike was named as a starting left tackle going forward as well. So that's another one of these like weird camp uh, training camp battles that Matt rule has decided to institute. Do you you have any thoughts on that? He swears they have a system. He swears they're not just floating by and letting
1: it happen. Like they're being very intentional about it. And I would really love to be a fly on the wall. Uh, Maybe because everything's going, not burning down right now. It just looks like everything's going according, according to plan. Um, I don't know. It, I'll believe it when I see it. Is kind of how I feel about rule at this point, And the training camp battles don't make me feel any differently.
0: Yeah. I feel like I've just heard multiple people who are like former players or former coaches. I'm just, you know, scrolling through Twitter. You see a bunch of, I see a bunch of football stuff all the time. That's just the way my Twitter uh, timeline is. But multiple people are saying that they think it's silly, that this is the way that they're going. And as someone who's never really played super competitive football, I would feel like, you would want baker to have as many reps with the starters as possible you would want icky to have as many reps with the starters as possible i mean training camp is short they have a month and a half to go from not touching or not touching the field in pads for 6 months to getting ready for the long grind of an nfl season so in my my mind it would make sense that you would want your starters to get reps together as often as possible in the preseason and for some reason our coaching staff doesn't think that way and they definitely know more than I would ever know about football, but you it doesn't seem like it makes much sense to me. But who am I to say anything about it? I'm just a guy in a microphone uh, talking to my buddy Ian here. Um, Any other thoughts on that first preseason game? Anything you're looking forward to uh, tomorrow against the Patriots? Over, under, one and a half brawls on the field tomorrow? Yeah, I
1: was going to say the game last weekend, uninteresting. Practice this week, very interesting. Multiple brawls. Multiple players kicked out of practice. Kenny Robinson, I believe, was kicked out of practice twice this week. Um, they are living it up up there, up there against the Patriots. Um, practice was the most interesting part of the week for me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of those guys, maybe one fight. That's good. I, I, I don't condone violence, but I condone getting yourselves a little riled up. and Maybe you're just ready to hit some guys. That's the go-to thing everyone says. They're ready to hit some people for real blah 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 but in reality after one fight you should probably calm down a little bit like i believe it innocent <laughs> guy either got hit like got caught up in one of the fights earlier in the week um and at that point you're just being irresponsible if you're getting that far into it. you know go fight in the middle of the field be like you should see the bleachers are nearby i don't know maybe may, i haven't been in any fights so maybe there's this fight vision that comes in where you just can't see women and bleachers and popcorn around you who knows
0: (laughs) yeah Dennis Daly just came in and was throwing people out the club and one of them landed on that woman (laughs) in the stands which sucks for her uh she's fine she apparently she denied any medical attention that was given her way would you so you said one fight is okay is one the ideal amount of training camp fights in joint practices because I think that the second one was necessary as well I'm more of a two training camp fight kind of guy
1: I think when it comes to fighting the other team, one is enough. At okay. least one per week maybe is enough. Mm. Um, I'm okay with some like one-on-one players jawing, like within your team, like a cornerback and a wide receiver really getting at each other all week in practice, and maybe they shove hands a couple times. But I think if you're getting into full like team brawls more than once in a week, Against a non-division opponent in August, it feels like there's just a lot more cons, both morally and strategically, to that
0: than pros. So if the Panthers were hypothetically having joint practices against Buffalo next week, would you be in for another full-team brawl? Because it's a different team, different week?
1: Only if there's tables to like suplex (laughs) each other like the WWE. Yeah, like, bring the fight to them like they have up there in Buffalo. I'm I'm all through sending Josh Allen through a table. That would be fun.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, Yeah, it really, I think it's pretty inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. Jeremy Chin did make a good point, and this is probably a lot of what the coaching staff thinks, and some of the veteran players probably think this way as well, but he just looks at it as it's just taking away reps from guys that need it, the time that it takes to actually complete the fight and then break it up and get back to practice is all it does is just taking away time for guys who need the reps to improve, who are still trying to fight to make a roster. Um, it's funny to laugh about and it's silly to watch on social media, but it definitely does hurt some guys uh, opportunities to continue making a career in the league, especially Kenny Robinson. I mean, he was already on the roster bubble and he starts two fist fights in two days I'm surprised he hasn't been cut already. I'm kind of shocked. I will be shocked if he gets a lot of playing time tomorrow. Yeah,
1: he's definitely an uphill battle. And then as opposed to those guys, there's guys like Brian Burns, who was talking about hanging out with Matt Judon after practice and just like picking his brain Mm -hmm. from like some of the pro bowlers on the other team and stuff like that. Like, that's what I want to hear from my players. I'm okay with one fight, but if you're going to fight, you also should have to stay after practice and talk to a pro bowler. I feel like it's like a (laughs) buy your ticket kind of thing, you know?
0: Yeah, it's just like required homework. Is it's like it's like, you know getting in school suspension when you're in high school. You know, if you, if you do something bad, there is a punishment that you need to follow through with. If you start a fight at practice, you then need to go spend time with a pro bowler. It's basically like getting put in timeout, but it's mutually beneficial.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I would definitely do that. That sounds like a wonderful plan. To implement as a coach in terms of the game this weekend. Uh, I am. Not looking forward to much other than maybe some of the roster bubble spots. Got the Kenny Robinsons of the world. Um, so see what happens with the wide receiver room. Zylstra has looked pretty good in practice this week. Um, just kind of see what happens there. Now that Bradley Bozeman uh, is likely out for a while, i um, interested to see what ends up happening with the O-line because there were some vets that may have been closer to that cut bubble pre-Bozeman going down. Um, so we'll have to see what ends up happening there. Um, But other than that, um, I'm really just looking to see um, if anyone catches my eye more than anything, you know. It's like uh, a make-me-look-at-you kind of feel-to-watching-the-weekend.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel that. And I do think the wide receiver room is really interesting. I mean, you got guys locked in. It's what DJ, Robbie, Terrace are all 100% locked in. I would assume Rashard Higgins is going to make the roster, and he begins. He wide receiver
1: one, Rashad Higgins. Sorry,
0: I didn't. I didn't mean to say make the roster. I meant make the Pro Bowl. So obviously he'll be on the team. Um,
1: exactly. There we go.
0: And then there's two spots left that there's a bunch of guys fighting for. You got Andre Roberts, who the team signed to primarily affect the game on special teams. Uh, he's a great punt returner, kick returner. So I feel like he has to make the roster just for that. You have Shy Smith. who feels like every day there's a highlight or a Joe person or uh, someone tweeting about how he's making an impact. And he made a couple of plays with the ones uh, against Washington on Saturday. Zylstra is solid, been on the roster for a while. And then Derek, Re- Derek Wright, another big rookie receiver, um, has made some plays also uh, in the preseason. We saw him make, have a couple of catches from P.J. Walker on Saturday. It seems like he's made a couple of big plays uh, in practice this week. So yeah, a bunch of guys who are fighting to make their roster at the wide receiver position. Do you have a
1: feeling on which of those guys get the last two spots? Or do you think they run with uh, a deeper room?
0: Uh, I think it'll be the four that I mentioned that are the locks, uh, DJ Robbie, Terrace, and Hollywood Higgins. And then I think it'll be Andre Roberts and Shy Smith. So you think Zylstra's gone? I do think zylstra is gone. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I, I could see it. We'll, we'll have to see. I do think part of the equation is the fact that we're almost assuredly keeping three quarterbacks again this season. Yeah. Um, so that limits the number where we might end up not having to make that decision between shy and um, Zilstra If we didn't have Matt Corral on the team or Sam Darnold or something like that, but the it feels like that's where that might trim us a little bit there. Not that you really need that many anyways, but um, yeah, that sounds about right. zilster's uh, pretty good on special teams in his own regard. I, I feel like his longevity and lack of uh, off-the-field distractions might play into factor, but it would be hard to see them straight up straight up cutting Shy Smith. Um, I don't really know if there would be a way to move him for anything because he's not worth a draft pick, I don't think. But I'm very interested to see what ends up happening in that regard. I'm really, more than anything, interested to see how... Higgins and Marshall end up splitting snaps um, well, and Robbie to a different degree.
0: I'm wondering if Marshall's even going to play. I mean, he's been in a red jersey for the past two weeks, it feels like.
1: Oh yeah. This, this week, I don't think he will be playing or just guessing off the top of my head. I mean more just how they end up, how they use people in conjunction with preparing for the season. Cause right. I feel like this is kind of the game where it's like, based off what they're saying, anyone who's not playing is... Probably in a good spot to not be playing, but um, which is weird because there's other teams that are like, oh yeah, we're playing our ones for like a for like a quarter and a half this weekend, and then there's teams that are like our ones aren't seeing the field. Very very interesting. You feel I feel like at this point there would have been more there would be more of a consensus training camp preseason strategy, and it feels like there's still teams all over the map.
0: Which direction do you think you would lean if you were to be in charge of an NFL team? Would you play your starters in the preseason? Uh,
1: if I'm a good team, no way, no chance at all. Um, I play my starters. If I'm a uh, bad team or a young team, however you want to phrase it, um, I would probably have the one dress rehearsal game. Um but the dress rehearsal would last a quarter and that's it, which I feel like is the extent most teams go anyways. Yeah. But um like if I were the Buffalo Bills next week, if any of their first or second stringers are playing, I think that's malpractice as coaches. You
0: know? mm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree. I, it's, it is, it is like you're saying, there isn't really a, a way that it has kind of like swept the league. I mean, Andy Reid and the Chiefs always plays the starters for a good chunk of the first preseason game. We saw Trey Lance, Kyle Shanahan played a bunch of their starters in their first preseason game. But then, complete opposite end of the spectrum, the Ravens and the Packers, I don't think a single starter played for either of those teams in their week one of the preseason. So, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I guess it is all up to preference, but what happens when a guy like Zach Wilson almost tears his ACL in the first preseason game that's that's when it becomes a bad decision for you to play your starters so
1: big time, big time.
0: yeah I'm glad he's okay I'm Zach Wilson Hive uh I'm one of the founding fathers of it there's dozens of us <laughs> it's it's it shrinks by the day but BYU Zach Wilson made me feel things I haven't felt in a long time
1: <laughs> man dude <laughs> <sighs>
0: yeah, it's a sad, it's a uh, sad existence on Zach Wilson Island, but we're making it.
1: Yeah, I, I can't say that I'm there with you, but I can see it from a telescope view. You know, like I'm not on the other side of the world.
0: That's fair. Well, Ian, why don't you kind of lead us into our big topic of discussion today?
1: Regardless of how you feel about the Panthers, uh, in a couple weeks they will be starting the season against the Browns, zero and zero and they will have a blank canvas in front of them to fill 17 times with wins and losses. Um, I want to talk about what it looks like when the season goes well and you have more losses than wins and you make the playoffs. I want to s- talk about what a plan- th- what a Panthers team that was going to make the playoffs this season would have to look like. What, what makes a, a team worthy of that and how soon can we tell when do we know? Do we ever know? What does that look like? Um, my first general question, Matt, is what are your memories of Panthers playoff teams and how do they compare to how you feel about this team?
0: Yeah, when I when I think of a Panthers playoff team, I think of a strong defense. It was just what my, my brain immediately clicks to is like a shutdown defense, top 10 in the league, creating turnovers, just... Of dominant on at least one side of the ball, right? You think of the 2015 team, the Thieves Avenue, 2003 was built on their defense. The offense got hot at the right time in 2003. Um, so yeah, just dominant on the defensive side of the ball is what I th- what I always think of. And honestly, I think a Panthers team with low expectations coming into the season <laughs> is also what I think of uh, when I think of a Panthers playoff team, which the, the bones are there for that this season. I mean, I think we sh- could have a very good defense and expectations are low expectations
1: so. are very low that is expectations
0: very, very, very low. are rock bottom at this point
1: um yeah yeah I, I think i generally agree uh maybe this is just a formula for a lot of good teams but panthers playoff teams in the past have been strong defense consistent running game mm-hmm. and one at least like really reliable playmaker in the passing game be that steve smith greg Olson. Uh, whoever it was, Moose and Muhammad. Um, there's always been at least one guy there who it's like, oh, he's going to make a play this game. It's just a matter of when, not if. Panthers teams in general have leaned towards defense. Do you think our defense stacks up in terms of not a Super Bowl contender like the uh, early 2000s or 2015 team, but as uh, the team that got bounced by the Cardinals in the first round kind of defense, do you think we're, our defense is that good? that's the first piece
0: i don't i don't think it's top five top eight defense in the league but i think if you told me in december that the panthers are making a playoff push with the 12th best defense in the league i i wouldn't say that's out of the realm of possibility
1: yeah i mean i i could see that i think it would have to be a little bit higher because i Unless the offense is also hovering around 12th, you know? Yeah. Um, I, but I could see the defense being the anchoring point. I mean, the defense would almost have to be the anchoring point um, unless Baker lights up the world. Um, do we have an it guy that could, like, be a an it guy of a playoff defense this year?
0: Brian, it has to be Brian Burns. I don't think there's any other option. I think for the defense to Brian be-
1: Burns, like Julius Peppers, Luke Kuechly potential level
0: i think he is a firm step below those two two guys but that, that's a i don't think that's a fair bar for brian burns i mean those are ring of honor yeah yeah, Hall of Fame, well, let, Panthers. Me
1: yeah let me rephrase it is he a like a one season of output pro bowl like lead the league in sacks kind of guy
0: i think he is a top five in the league in sacks guy if things break right there he has the if the defensive line stays healthy, he is the focal point of a solid defensive line, and there's not he's they're not going to be able to double team Brian burns every play because there are a few other playmakers in the front seven that the opposing offenses are going to need to like you know keep an eye to key on. It can't just be double team Brian burns and figure out the rest. The rest of the front seven is talented enough to make sure that is not the case. So it feels to me like there is a path for Brian Burns to have that all pro pro bowl top 5 in sacks kind of year.
1: I feel like I I can see I could see Brian Burns getting to double digit sacks for the first time this season. He's been stuck at 9 for a couple, right? But I I struggle to see Brian Burns being the like the the face of a top defense this season. Maybe that's not necessarily a knock on Brian Burns. Maybe that's the knock of, like, if Brian Burns is beating the quarterback, who is there to support him when he's not beating the offensive line to get to the quarterback? Like, is Matt Ioannidis going to really, like, sync up that much extra room? Like, if you look at the other, like, playoff team, playoff likely teams in the league, I feel like all of them have defenders where you could just be like, yeah, there's, like, four of them. Only one of them has to have a good game. I feel like when it gets to the Panthers, it's like Brian Burns has to have a good date game and someone else has to step up too, you know, and be that Jeremy Chin who almost assuredly needs to take a step forward to really solidify his place in the longstanding here in Carolina. Or maybe Littleton has to have a resurrection here uh, after those disappointing years in Las Vegas. But I, I don't know if we have the juice this year because uh, – I feel like we're going to have to really sell out and get lucky in some schemes going to have to be really conniving and aggressive. And Phil snow has the multiple fronts. He has the ability to schedule something like that and at least give the players the base to do it. I just, I'm really hoping we see that juice on the edge and that four fights a week kind of mentality, I guess going forward. Uh, I feel like that is square one of any hope of a 2022 playoff run is defense.
0: Mm-hmm. And I agree, and we, we talked about this on our State of the Roster defense episode a few weeks ago. I think I am definitely a little more bullish on the defense than you are. With I, I'm a huge Brian Burns fan. I think Frankie Lubu has the potential to wreak some havoc as an outside linebacker, defensive end, hybrid. I'm higher on Jeremy Chin than you are. Uh, J.C. Horn is kind of primed for a second-year breakout.
1: Yeah, I, I did forget about J.C. Horn when I was talking. I, I'm very excited to watch J.C. Horn play. J.C. Horn could be the... Josh Norman type of impact where mm-hmm. he just pops up out of nowhere. He's not really out of nowhere. He has top 10 pick pedigree, but uh, we we play in a market that doesn't look at and he just missed most of his rookie year. So I'm going to tell myself that he's coming out of nowhere and the world's down on JC Horn uh, when I really don't think that's true, but it makes things exciting as a Panthers fan to feel that way. Sure. Um, I will say if, if we make the playoff this year, I, I in one player, had to be a pro bowler to get us there. I feel like it has to be JC Horn. Mm. I feel like that's the the one that puts us over the edge if we're if we have a chance to do that.
0: Yeah, I think JC Horn locking down one side of the field is a a huge a, a huge factor for the Panthers to have a solid defense.
1: Yeah, especially when there's just a lot of all right, like behind him in the secondary, mm. um, a lot of tacklers and not a lot of uh, center fielder types. So. Yeah, we'll have to see from there. Um, let's flip over to the offensive side. Panthers offenses. Uh, the Cam Newton Panthers were wonderful in the Super Bowl run with Ted Ginn being the guy. Um, the earlier t- in the two thousands, we had Steve Smith and Musa Muhammad. We had smash and dash. We had all sorts of consistent offensive line play. Um, even the twenty fifteen run coming off of a few off of a few years of subpar offensive line play 2015 had out of nowhere great offensive line play Andrew Norwell uh, played like a hall of famer for one year before he went and got paid by the Jags Daryl Williams was killing it we still had something there what how can the Panthers offense what's their path to replicating one of those teams and reaching the playoffs this year
0: yeah I I think it's just simplicity on offense I, I think it starts with health Obviously, you're talking about Panthers having dynamic playmakers. Christian McCaffrey is arguably the most dynamic playmaker in the league. So I think if he is able to stay healthy for 15 games, have him miss two. Let him strain a, I don't know, strain a groin and miss a week here and there. Take a week off. It's fine. Uh, If he plays 15 games and the offensive line stays healthy and gels within a couple of weeks, I do think the the Panthers will have a good enough offense to be a playoff team. I think I was looking at just some DVOA statistics from last year. Um, The three worst teams in DVOA, which is kind of like an all-encompassing efficiency stat, if you're unfamiliar. Um, The three worst teams in DVOA going to the playoffs last year were the Raiders, the Titans, and surprisingly, uh, Cincinnati. So Las Vegas had the 19th-ranked offense, according to DVOA, and Tennessee had the 20th-ranked offense, according to DVOA. Not great. With 14 playoff teams, seven in each conference, you have the ability to have a little bit of a below average unit and still make the playoffs. So I, can the Panthers have the 18th best offense? Yeah, I think they can. I I don't think that's, again, out of the realm of possibility. I'm kind of projecting here and kind of projecting the, you know, top of the uh, like potential outcomes for the Panthers. But 18th is not of the question for me with solid offensive line play. There's, multiple playmakers with DJ and uh, Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson and Hollywood Higgins and a quarterback who we've seen lead a defen- decent offense in Baker Mayfield. I don't think that's out of the question. What what, what said you? What do you think?
1: I think everything has to go right for the Panthers to have a top 18 unit. Uh, I, I genuinely believe that Christian McCaffrey can't miss more than two or three games. DJ Moore has to light it up. Higgins has to just be average, Rashard Higgins, and that really elevates the team there. Um, I think the offensive line is the biggest X factor for this team's success, other than Baker Mayfield, uh, because we brought in a lot of new offensive linemen. But one of the biggest indicators year over year of offensive line success is continuity, mm-hmm. uh, and the Panthers, I believe, uh, have are among the like the eight. Uh, worst teams in terms of offensive line continuity in terms of starting snaps returned projected this coming season. Um, Bozeman getting hurt uh, isn't great because there's just less time to build even a couple week continuity. Um, and that can that is a bit scary because I think if this offensive line isn't consistent, then it's going to be really hard for any other part of the offense to be consistent. Uh, Some teams have the luxury of not needing the best offensive line to get away with having a pretty good team because you have the Pat Mahomes of the world before they had a great offensive line. You had Joe Burrows with the god-god-awful Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Baker Mayfield isn't a guy who's going to thrive unless we have a top 12-ish unit. This unit is could be right at that borderline of like top 12-16 if they're healthy and play really well and cohesion just comes out of nowhere. I don't know if we have the offensive staff in place to create that environment for such a quick cohesion. Um, but we do have some playmakers I'm excited about. If you can get creative with Higgins and Moore, if we can keep uh, McCaffrey healthy, that's such an easy buzz phrase to say, but if McCaffrey can be managed in a way where you give the other guys a chance to succeed without just throwing Foreman or Hubbard on the field for a few plays, just to give McCaffrey time off. If you if there's actual a genuine plan, um, and if Baker Mayfield just remembers how to throw a football accurately, um, that that's the biggest one. Baker Mayfield, obviously massive interception thrower in his first few years in the NFL. I don't know where it came from it's confusing i it's poppycock blows my mind confusing baker mayfield was a guy coming out of college who had that unteachable trait of accuracy it's been it's a quarterback legend type thing like you can't you can teach a lot of things you can't teach accuracy baker mayfield was otherworldly accurate coming out of oklahoma he was pretty accurate his first year pre shoulder injury in his uh, pro career he was pretty accurate I need to see him go back to that innate accuracy. The arm strength does not have to be amazing. I don't care about the arm strength this season with Baker Mayfield. If we're going to make the playoffs, I want to see the accuracy with Baker Mayfield that has eluded him since his rookie year. Uh, He has a few years under his belt, so even without the arm talent, he can make some stuff happen. He can make some edge. That that is where it's at for me. Baker Mayfield needs to be accurate. The offensive line needs to be healthy.
0: Yeah, I mean that's well said. And I, I think as I what I'm learning in doing this with you and talking about the Panthers is I think I I see the team through some rose tinted glasses that you don't have on. <laughs> I definitely I definitely think I'm higher on the potential of this team than you are. And maybe that is just my Panthers fandom talking, but.
1: Yeah, I know we're going to go over record predictions and uh, right at the end of the preseason. But generally, I, I'm of the belief that this team can win some games, and I'm still going to be pissed about how the season goes. There's iterations of this team where if they have won two games, but were are following a plan, I would feel wonderful about the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this feels like one of those teams that's going to win like six games and really piss me off rather than two games and have me excited for next year, you know? I
0: mean, it, just look at the the Lions rebuild, right? The Lions were, what, 3-14 and 14 last year, 2-15? and 15. I, don't, I don't remember how many games they won. But people are legitimately excited about the process of the Lions right now. Like, there is buzz around the Lions training camp. Maybe it's just the hard knocks bump, but I, I, there's buzz around the Lions and it feels like they're doing it the right way. And you go to the opposite end of the spectrum, same division, the Bears. They... Are also another rebuilding team. They won what, five or six games last year. Um, they weren't like they weren't terrible. The Bears had a decent season. Uh, let's find out. They were six and eleven. So, and, but no one is excited about the potential of the Bears. And yeah, they're kind of
1: they have a young, fun quarterback too.
0: Like right. the the Lions
1: have people excited with Jared Goff at quarterback, mm-hmm. and then the Bears with Justin Fields or the Panthers even with the exciting Baker Mayfield, even if he's not good. Like where where's the excitement? Where's the juice? What what are the Panthers doing differently, other than, not following a plan? There's there's not a culture. The culture is lame duck coaching. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, lame duck coaching is a great way to put it. Between the end of from the end of the Rivera tenure, which say what you want on Rivera, great head coach, it was time for him to leave Carolina. To now the beginning of the end of the Matt Rule era. It feels like, yeah, culture's bad. The, it feels like we've had to set a lame duck coach since the second Ron Rivera was fired. I you know, like, what, like, um, six weeks into the first Matt Rule season, people were ready to fire him? I don't know.
1: All right, if we're talking playoffs, I'm, I'm going to throw a hypothetical at you. The commanders out of nowhere relieve Ron Rivera of his duty, uh, like, next week, tomorrow. The Panthers say, let's pull a Hornets and bring back our old coach. Uh, Steve Clifford, Ron Rivera, bring it back to the golden years of the 2010s. <laughs> do you, Are you on board with that? Do the Panthers make the playoffs right now with Ron Rivera just because Matt Rule isn't our coach?
0: No. Is, do, is it the not. coach
1: or is it the everything?
0: It's everything. The coach doesn't help, but they don't make the playoffs with Ron Rivera as head coach. I don't think. Do you? Okay, do you? No. May, but. The only reason I say maybe and this is a lot this is the last thing I was thinking about talking about in this is the NFC is just so bad. Like the Panthers have it a is. path to the playoffs by going 7 and 10 because of how bad the NFC is. I think that's also why I'm so like bullish on the idea of them making the playoffs. Is there's not a ton of competition. The top of the NFC is fine, but the rest of it, I mean, the I don't know. Yeah, talking about the NFC, what do you think? You, I heard you agree with me for a second there.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the, yeah, you have the teams like the Rams, you have the Packers, you have the good teams, the Bucks. We, we get it, those teams. Seven teams are going to make the playoffs. There's only like five really good teams in the NFC, uh, whereas you go look at the NFC and there's like ten really good teams competing for seven spots. Um, the Panthers scare me because <laughs> they, I even with that being the case, even with Second best team in the NFC South being clearly up for grabs right now. I have no faith of them doing that. <laughs> I have I, the seventh, second best team in the NFC South could have six or seven wins, and the Panthers. I would might put them third in the pecking order for being able to reach that total. I don't know. I, I mean, the Falcons are going to be really bad. Don't don't get me wrong, but geez
0: Yeah, I think there are. are in my opinion, you may disagree with this i think there's like five playoff locks in the nfc i think the eagles are a playoff lock that's maybe controversial to say but i think they're really good i think tampa the 49ers the rams and the packers those are five teams that i think are locks to make the playoffs which means the panthers need to beat out need to be at least second between dallas new orleans arizona and minnesota and then carolina what do you think about that? Do you yeah, agree, disagree? What, no, but yeah. Wait, and you I, said I, Washington I, should be included in that.
1: No, I said they might be. Okay. Just I, I could see it. Uh, I, I like Washington's roster a bit, other than the quarterback situation, obviously. Uh, like, they same situation. I think Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield are relatively interchangeable at this point, talent-wise. But I feel significantly better about Washington's chances of winning seven to eight games than I do Carolina's. Yeah. Um, mm but that's just me. Um no, but yeah, like I feel nowhere near as good about the Panthers as I do Minnesota. They do not have the ceiling of the Cowboys at all. The Cowboys are one of those teams that could blow up and get the 3rd overall pick in the draft or they could make the NFC championship game. No one knows. Um the Saints new coach, Michael Thomas is apparently playing football again. Alvin Kamara is not looking like he's going to be suspended Who? this season.
0: Who is playing football again? I'm sorry. Who is playing football again? Michael Thomas. I've never heard of him.
1: No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I threw me off there for a second. Yeah, Michael Thomas is playing again and apparently looking really good. They have they have a great young, exciting offense. Jameis, I think, is secretly really exciting. Uh, I honestly don't know if there's a quarterback. I'm more excited to watch this season than Jameis Winston, and that's a super crazy thing to say as a Panthers fan or just a sports fan in general. Uh, but I think that's going to be a ton of fun. But yeah, going back to the earlier, I I don't know, is, is there a coach in the NFL right now where if you gave them the Panthers roster, you would feel good about their chances to make the playoffs? Like if Andy Reid, Sean McVay, whoever, are, do those guys put the Panthers over the edge?
0: Yeah, I do. I think if Andy Reid coached this Panthers team, they would. I would feel confident that they made the playoffs. Same with Sean McVay. Same with Insert and the other top five head coach in the league. I think there's enough talent in this roster to... Make the playoffs, especially in the NFC. I'm gonna just talk about the NFC. Isn't great if you replace Matt Rule with Andy Reid. I do think this is a playoff team.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I won't fight you on the take. I I, I could see it. I they could be a fun young Cinderella team in that regard. I think I, I get that. Um, and then we we always shun them. What does the special teams need to do to make us a playoff team this coming season?
0: Top ten, top ten special teams unit, which is again. Uh, there's DVOA ratings for special teams. And I would just think top 10 in that you got it. Zane Gonzalez needs to be a fine. I mean, he, so he just needs to do what he did at the end of last season. And then Johnny Hecker is an, you know, former all pro punter. I don't know, man. I can't break down special teams. Oh,
1: no, <laughs> I just, just, I just
0: they just, they need to be good. They just, they just need to be good. Yeah. yeah
1: it's, I, honestly, it's a cheesy fan thing to say, but special teams wins games or at least makes Teams a lot better than they should be, and the Panthers, you're not going to be good. Go out there and kick special teams ass. I want to see some players that probably shouldn't be on special teams playing special teams because they're good, better than they should be. You know, I want to. I want to see us absolutely dominate one of the three phases of the game, even if it's special teams. If the Panthers can be a top five special teams unit, I think. That is the biggest indicator that they might make the playoffs. Hot take alert.
0: Again, in the realm of possibility, the specialists in Carolina are honestly good. They do have a top 10 punter, top 10 kicker, future Hall of Famer, J.J. Jansen. Andre Roberts is a solid return man. You know, I this <laughs> of the three phases, special teams is probably the most talented in Carolina.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: That's
1: well, sad. I... I just want to get one more gut feeling on a scale of one to 10. What are the chances the Panthers make the playoffs this season?
0: After everything that I said and seeming excited about the team it is there eight out of 10 four, I mean, four out of 10, like a 40% chance the Panthers make the playoffs and that might be high. Nice <laughs> what do you think?
1: <laughs> no, that's I mean, just a higher number than i was expecting i was gonna say like we need 20 percent chance we make the playoffs the ceiling that 20 percent where we make the playoffs uh puts us there uh i think our we have a one in five chance of hitting a ceiling that puts us there
0: yeah you're right you're you're right i'm <laughs> yeah. i'll
1: let glasses. No, no, tell no, me i'm no. wrong
0: no you're not you're not wrong that's the problem i'm wrong <laughs> and i know that i am it realistically I would put it more like 25 25 30 percent gun to my head 25 30 percent 22
1: 50 so I don't have to agree with you that's it that. it's, <laughs>
0: it's 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 un, it's unlikely that the team makes the playoffs and they're I am I'm excited to watch the Panthers play football but playoff chances are low let's just gotta call it what it is <laughs> but it's yeah. it's that's what's so frustrating, and we've talked about this plenty of times it's like yeah okay Panthers don't make the playoffs but they're going to win seven games. Now what, <laughs> you know, like what does next year look like? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's and
1: that's, it's, oh man, we, this, we could spend forever talking about that. But that's, it, that's the hard part.
0: The Panthers are more and more feeling like the 2010s Hornets to me where it's just, you know, they win 35 to 40 games. They're never really challenging for anything more than that. And the ownership is happy with that. And that's just what they strive for. And that's kind of what it feels like in Carolina right now. You know, like B500. Do you have some have exciting moments? Push for the playoffs, but don't actually make it, and then we'll just run run it back again next year with the like same operation. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, no. I I mean, I'm. Is this bad to say as, as a fan? I'm, I'm I'm avidly team Matt Rule. <laughs> we we can't make the playoffs at risk of saving Matt Rule's job in mm. that regard. Um, <laughs> what that to say I don't know. I, I Matt Rule is a fine guy. I think he would be a wonderful college coach. I would love to see him go back there. And I think the Panthers could play their part in getting him back to where he would be most successful, you know?
0: How would you feel about Matt rule as a father?
1: (laughs) Matt rule would be, he seems like the kind of guy that would be like the history teacher, football coach, kind of dad, you know, Mm. like, Running drills with his sons on Saturdays, and then Sundays going to church, and then running some more <laughs> drills out in the mud. You know.
0: Yeah, just a pair of, <laughs> pair of blue jeans every and, day.
1: Yeah, blue jeans, but then like a dress shirt and a sweater vest and a hat. Mm. Kind of dad, you know. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, I know the I know the ones. Yeah, really. If this season ends with the Panthers going four and thirteen, and Matt Rule takes the job to be the head coach at Auburn, who's mad? i'm not
1: no, kellen Moore season baby bring him okay. on
0: more snow 23 we talked about it a few weeks ago
1: more snow 23 baby <laughs> bring it <laughs> all right matt well that's all i got uh you got anything
0: else no that's all i got as well i started this episode excited to talk about the panthers making the playoffs but now i'm just sad because we're probably not going to and
1: hey i promise you this listeners next week no matter what happens, Matt and I are, g- are going to talk about the Panthers Panthers in a positive light. Uh, I You Amen. have that promise for me. The bashing will not be there. It will just be really healthy questioning and real filled with excitement, you know?
0: Mm, I like that. And that is a promise you need to keep for yourself because I talk about them in much more positive light than you do. So that is a... Pr- yeah,
1: that is yeah, a- I, yeah, I mean, you're doing the podcast by yourself next week, but... <laughs> Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's a no, personal personal
0: point of growth for you. So, yeah, that's all we got. We'll be back with an episode next week, talking some preseason week two, uh, and hopefully some more Matt Corral snaps. Like, I do not want to see 40 snaps of PJ Walker again this week. I'll tell you that right now. I had a tweet. I don't even think PJ Walker's family wanted to see PJ Walker play that much on Saturday. So, excited to see, hopefully see a little more Matt Corral, see some of these lower end of the roster guys get some shine tomorrow night uh yeah and we'll be back at some point next week to recap and then talk about preseason game three against the bills uh but ian that's all we got we look forward to talking to you guys next week